I hope you've been making the journey along with us. If it's your first day today, last few weeks we've been talking about experiencing life in Jesus. That's who he is. Experiencing peace. Peace is not a feeling. It is a person. His name is Jesus. Experiencing forgiveness. Forgiveness that comes when we go to God first. And today I want to talk to you about experiencing reconciliation. That's what we're talking about today. If you have your handouts, your sermon notes, uh, the guys are going to turn one of the lights on so you can write a little bit. Uh, Number three would be great, right? There you go. That would be good. I like the dramatic effect, but it was a little too dark for anyone to write. Amen? Some of you guys are using your flashlights. (laughs) Luke chapter 2, 10 to 14 says this, do not be afraid. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, do not be afraid. We've got seven days left in Christmas in 2018. Do not be afraid. That's what the angel said. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Isn't that amazing that it says it's for everybody? It wasn't just for a select group of people. It wasn't just for the Middle East. It wasn't just for Israel. It was for all people. I want you to look around. Who do you see? That's pretty cool, huh? In fact, I loved baby Jesus this year. This might have been the first year that we had a multi-ethnic baby Jesus, right, in my history of pastoring. It's an amazing thing what God is doing in New Song. It is for all people. See, today... In the town of David, the angel says, a savior has been born to you, to us. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger of all the places he could have been born. The king of kings, the Lord of lords, comes in being born in a place that they barely had room. They just had to make some space. That's how desperate God was to get to you. He was that desperate. He didn't need royalty to get to you. He just wanted to be with you. He wanted to be close to you. He wanted to be with you. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Over 2,000 years ago, this was the promise that on earth, that there would be peace to men and women and children alike on whom his favor rests. I got to be honest with you. That has been my prayer this past week. God, let it be so of me. Let your favor rest on my life. Let you be part of who I am. See, I love that little promise. It says, glory to God in the highest. And notice this, on earth, peace to whom his favor rests. See, most of us think Jesus came to bring peace on earth, but he didn't come to bring peace on earth. He actually came on earth to bring peace. See, so many of us have that mixed up. We think he came to bring peace, 
But the truth is, he knew the earth was chaotic. So he, who is peace himself, the prince of peace, came into a chaotic place and said, here I am. I'm coming now. I'm not just a God who's out there and telling you what to do. I'm not just a God who's sending you scrolls and messages through your prophets and evangelists and apostles and pastors. I'm not just a God who makes a way for you to have a promised land. I am a God who's with you, which is what the word Emmanuel means. See, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that God is not just a God who is for us. God is not just a God who is not against us. God is a God who is with us. And the key word there is is. (laughs) See, he's present. There's no other religion in this world, none, that says of a story of a man that comes down who was God, made himself man, just like you and I, flawed, not perfect. But he came down perfect as he was to feel what we feel. See, it's got to comfort us this Christmas about who Jesus is. He is with us. See, we've been trying to seek peace for how many years now? There's 3,510, just over that, years of secular recorded history. We know the Bible teaches that there's more than 6,000 years, according to the Bible. But in the 3,510 secular uh, years of history, there has never been peace. I'll prove it to you. There's been 14,351 and more wars. There's been 3.6 billion people who have been estimated to have been, to have been killed or died because of these wars. There's been 8,000 peace treaties made. Guess how many have lasted? None. Here's why I believe the reason why. The earth cannot bring you reconciliation. People cannot bring you reconciliation. Only God can bring reconciliation. This is why I believe the key to bringing all nations and all races and all kinds of people together is not to find common ground amongst ourselves. Because look around. We look different, don't we? We have different cultures, different upbringings, and it's a beautiful thing, but the key is this. There's only one common factor, and his name is? You guys got it. I mean, if we were doing a quiz, you guys would be scoring high marks right now. This is about Jesus. See, peace without reconciliation is momentary. You understand? You know, it's funny, um, as I was thinking about this Christmas, I said, you know, what is the one thing, the one takeaway maybe, if there's nothing else you get from this message, what is the one thing that I'd love for you to take away with this Christmas, this service, this message, and it's this. I've experienced more peace this Christmas than any other year, and this peace comes from a person, and he's alive and well in my life. If we can say that, I am telling you, life is going to be okay. 
in the chaos of the moment, in the upside down, and the in-betweens. Maybe it's good for you this Christmas and you're thankful, or maybe it's really rough for you or anybody in between. You can say God is with you, and because of that, this Christmas has been special to me. See, we're not at Christmas yet. We're already ready for it to be done, aren't we? (laughs) We like the time off of work. We like the fact that we get to mosey around and maybe watch some sports, right? If you're excited about the Browns, give an amen, right? We love these things about Christmas. But what would it be like that it didn't matter? It didn't matter what life was like as long as Jesus was with us, that Jesus was with you and I. I heard, uh, I was researching on this message and I heard this statement said that if you try to do peace the world's way, the only time that you hear peace or feel peace is when everybody is getting ready to reload. And that can be so true sometimes, isn't it? That we search for peace and the only time we really find peace outside of Jesus is when we're getting ready to do another thing. Psalm 120 says, in my distress, I called to the Lord. I love the book of Psalms. It's so real. It's so raw. It's so passionate. It's not about perfection. It's just about people speaking their mind, trying to be more like Jesus. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you and what more shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? Someone's whining and complaining. Someone's coming after them. A warrior's sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree. Woe to me that I saw your in a Meshech, that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Too long I have had to dwell among those who hate peace. And verse 7, I want you to get this. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for. We cannot have peace the world's way. So the question is, is reconciliation even possible? 1945, the UN was formed, United Nations. You guys know this. The goal, the mission of the United Nations was this, provide peace for all generations, but it hasn't happened. See, I love what they do, but the truth is we live in a chaotic world. James chapter 3, 14 to 16 says this, but if you harbor bitter and envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, and we're taking this now to a personal level, do not boast about or deny the truth. Such wisdom, notice that. It actually, James called this wisdom, such wisdom. In other words, the world says that this is wisdom. Such wisdom does not come from where? Heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, but of the devil. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Reconciliation means that we do it according to God's terms. You know, I said this before, reconciliation is not conflict resolution. Conflict resolution and reconciliation are two separate things. Conflict resolution is, hey, let's resolve this conflict and come to a middle ground. Reconciliation is basically saying, hey, I want to go to where you're at to make things right. It doesn't even matter what you've done. 
of what they've done. I want to release you. I am going to go and serve you. Isn't that such a kingdom concept? Ephesians 2, 12 to 14 says this. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ. You guys remember that? We've got a lot of believers in the house today. Do you remember that when you, were, and you didn't have Jesus in your heart? And you just roam, you're probably doing some things you probably shouldn't be doing. You probably regret some things. But when you found Jesus, what happened? There was hope. And Ephesians chapter 2 says this, there was no hope when you were walking without Jesus in the world. But now, hear that, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through what? The blood of Christ. See, even though it's symbolic, when Jesus died, his blood made us appeal to God more. Why? Because when God sees us as followers of Jesus, he sees that we've accepted Jesus into our heart, that the blood of Jesus covers our heart and life. And therefore, we can go into the presence of God. You know, some of you guys, uh, during the worship time, did you feel the presence of God? Right? We can do what we do today because Jesus came into this world and died for us. We've been bought with a price. For who? He himself is our peace. Who has made the two one? See, what was going on in the book of Ephesians is the Jewish people and the Gentile people were always grumbling. They were being selective, even as followers of Jesus. They were being selective about who gets to do what and who gets what. They were fighting in between them. Imagine that. Christians fighting other Christians. It never happens today, right? Not in 2018, and definitely not at New Song Church, right? It was happening in the early church. And Paul, talking to the Ephesian church, reminds us that Jesus himself is our peace. And he has made the two one. It doesn't matter how rich you are or how poor you are, what your background's like, where you came from, what color of your skin, All you need is Jesus. All you need is Jesus. You do not need anything else. The foot of the cross is level. There is no special treatment. There is no special privileges. We come to Jesus. He is our special privilege. See, he made the two one and has destroyed the barrier. I mean, we need to hear that in 2018. We got all kinds of stuff going on. The politics, you know, sometimes I I walk up to people and I tell them, you know, I kind of try to break their worldview a little bit. And I tell them, I'm not Fox News and I'm not CNN. What am I? And they just freak out. They don't know what to say. What do you mean? And I tell them at the last election, I said, I'm not voting. They're like, no, you got to vote. I said, I can't vote. I'm Canadian. (laughs) Relax. Relax, everybody. You know, what's amazing is we live in such a political world, in such a segregated world. This person lives on this side of the train tracks. This person lives on that side of the train tracks. It's not possible to bring everybody together. I've even heard over the last few months that it's not possible to do a multi-ethnic church. But here's the deal. We are not trying to create a multi-ethnic church. We're trying to worship the one true king who gave himself for all, not just 
one. See, with the kingdom of God, there is no wall. You come into his presence, you are who you are. I don't even think your clothes matter. Please keep your clothes on. (laughs) There is no wall. There is no dividing wall of hostility. If you are an American first but before being a Christian, I challenge you to read the Word of God. You will become a child of God before you are an American. It's good to vote, and you have to vote, and you've got to do what you've got to do, and you've got to pay your taxes. Make sure you do, or you're going to get in trouble. Real bad trouble, right? But the truth is this. None of that goes with you. When we get to heaven... We're not going to talk about the fact that all these oppositions, all these obstacles have been against us. All of these situations have been against us. We're going to see Jesus, our creator, face to face, and he's going to be, what did you do with what you had? What did you do with what I've given you and the color of the skin I've given you and the person of who you are? What did you do with it? At that time, we can't necessarily say, well, God. I had this. See, I was born in Kuwait and I was born to Indian parents. How am I supposed to minister in America? I'm not even white or brown, or I mean, I'm not brown. I'm not even white or black. I'm not even Hispanic. I'm the other kind of brown. What am I doing here? It's legitimate reasons, right? God, I don't have any pastors in my family. I don't know how to do this. I don't come from a family of holy people. How am I supposed to be holy? Am I supposed to be a man of the cloth, a man of the faith? See, Jesus is the answer. And we have to learn that it is a choice to destroy the wall of hostility. And the choice is simple. Listen to Jesus or listen to the other voice. Those are the simple two choices we have in front of us in everything in life. Listen to Jesus or listen to the other voice. I'm not even going to give him glory, the other voice. See, we have to learn to pursue reconciliation. See, some of us, we have reconciled with God. And we've got this right. But we've yet to learn to get this right. I want us to learn today, and I want to speak to you about pursuing reconciliation. See, the word reconcile means to bring the balance to zero. How many things in our heart, how many people in our heart have we still held and said, they owe me. You don't understand, Pastor Klan, they they did this to me. And I can't forgive them. I don't even care that it's Christmas. I don't even care that you got a pretty little family and you're preaching this message on Sunday morning, on December 23rd. I am not letting go of what happened. But in order for you to experience true peace this Christmas, you have to learn to bring the balance to zero. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Love keeps no record of wrongs. Can you walk up to people that have hurt you? And I'm not saying I know what it feels like, because trust me, some situations are terrible. Can you walk up and say, I have released you? Your balance is zero. 
You know, sometimes we think that when we harbor unforgiveness, that we're hurting somebody, but it's really, it's the poison that we drink. We think that we're giving them poison. If I just hold it, if I just hold a grudge, it feels so good, doesn't it, sometimes? You can even tweet about it nowadays. You can do a Facebook post about it. Let the world know, you know? You don't even have to say who it is. Everyone's like, who is it? I'm praying for you. Private message me. Let's talk about it. It's such a cool thing now to be upset in culture. It's such a fad to talk about things, and you won't believe this. And we do it as followers of Jesus too, and we have accepted it as a way of living. And then we wonder where peace is. We wonder where peace has gone. We wonder we're worshiping Jesus and nothing's going on. I came here last Sunday too. Why isn't life different? Because we have two choices, either to reconcile or not to. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 21 says this, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us, who is us? All of us. It ain't just the special pastors. I said this a couple weeks ago. This ain't about starting a new ministry, nonprofit, 501c3 called the Ministry of Reconciliation. This ain't the new name of a church. This ain't the new name for a counseling ministry or a mission statement. This is what we are called to as Christians, followers of Jesus, a ministry of reconciliation. What an amazing thing that he has given us. It goes on to say that God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us what? The message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. You want the world to become more like Jesus? You become ambassadors of reconciliation. You want to flip your world upside down that the whole school system can change in Cleveland. You want to know how you do it? You become ambassadors of Christ. You pursue reconciliation just like Jesus did it for God. We become ambassadors of Christ and this message of reconciliation. I love that statement, as though God were making his appeal through us. See, if we actually got a hold of this, we wouldn't need a Sunday morning service. Y'all would have, be having altar calls all over the city. We would need worship and lights and haze and emotional music and pastor to preach, a great three-point sermon. I think, is it three? Yes, it's three today. It's been a while since I did a three-pointer. Must be running short on time. Right? We need all this stuff to be perfect, and then maybe if the pastor behaves and talks to me just like I want to be talked to, I'll pick up that card and let him know. Great job, pastor. What has church become? 
Church is not a building. It is not a worship service. Church is you. Church is us. Church is the body of Christ. You know how many churches are meeting this morning? A lot. We are the church. We are ambassadors of Christ. We're not trying to do something separate from anybody else. We are the church. Come on, I mean, tell you what, if I had a little uh, sword, I would knight each and every one of you. If you guys need to be knighted or ordained or something, we will do it. Just line up and say, you are an ambassador of Christ. You are an ambassador of Christ. And I will even print out something for you to have. <laughs> so it will remind you that you are an ambassador of Christ. He made his appeal through us. The world won't find peace until we find peace ourselves. And the first thing I want to talk to you, if you have trouble with reconciliation, and I sometimes do too, I've got to be honest, is this. It says this, you won't find peace until you make peace. You won't find peace until you make peace. James 3, 17 to 18 says this, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is what? First of all, pure. Then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. I've grown in my marriage a lot. I have to be honest with you. I've learned that when you sow in despair and disbelief, Audrey's laughing in the front row here, and arguments, and you hold things against each other, what do you think? You're going to get a harvest of separation, a harvest of divorce, a harvest of heartbreak, a harvest of disunity. See, but when you sow peace, what do you think happens? See, if it was easy, everyone would do it, right? The Bible says that this is wisdom that comes from heaven. Some of us need to learn that, that we need to say no to our wisdom, no to the earthly wisdom. Put down the extra resources that you're reading. Maybe even stop listening to everybody out there, especially on YouTube, and actually focus in on the Word of God and say, what did that say? But the wisdom that comes from heaven is what? First of all, what is it? It's 100% pure. You can trust it. It can never, ever be wrong. Ever be wrong. The wisdom that comes from heaven is pure. Then peace, loving. Are we lovers of peace? Then consider it. Oh my goodness, it's getting harder, Pastor. You talk about a sequence every time you and your spouse fight, go through this sequence. First of all, God, what are you saying? Give me wisdom. Then secondly, God, help me to be peace-loving, even though Audrey's wrong all the time. I mean, I'm wrong. I'm wrong, God. Right? I mean, I mean I'm wrong, God. She's right all the time. Help me to be considerate, God. Even though my feelings, I just want to jump out of my body at certain times and say that I'm right and you're wrong. Help me to be full of mercy. Oh, God, no. I don't want to be merciful. Even when I'm right, I got to be merciful. Yes. 
and good fruit. Oh my goodness. Good fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. Not right now. Impartial. Oh my goodness. Get the kids away. I was going to ask Aria who was wrong and who was right. Put her away. And sincere. All right. All right, babe. I'm sorry. I'm going to sow seeds of peace and love. Because peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of what? Righteousness. We will be righteous people when we sow peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons and daughters of God. Blessed. In other words, there's favor when you're blessed. In other words, you are literally happy when you're a peacemaker. You will be called a son and a daughter of God. Come on, how many of us want to be recognized, not even by our first name, but that person is a follower of Jesus? Come on, that person I don't even know what's wrong with them. Their whole life's upside down, but there's something that's guiding them. They're always seeking peace, and there's righteousness in their life. Nothing's ever worked out for them for 50 years, and they still have a harvest of righteousness. See, the result of reconciliation is a life made right inside of us. This is why followers of Jesus can walk into any situation, any place, And you can go into any circumstance and you can be light in the dark world. That's how you can do it. It's not because life is perfect. It's because Jesus is perfection. And he is inside of us. Number two, you make peace through reconciliation. See, it's easy for us to sit here on Sunday morning to the people that we don't want to be reconciled with and say, I'll just avoid them. And in Jesus' name, I forgive them. (laughs) Have you done that? I mean, sometimes even I catch myself, I'll be like, ah, this and this and this in the car, and I'll say, forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus. And we think, as followers of Jesus, it covers everything. It doesn't. As followers of Jesus, you make peace through actually going and making reconciliation happen. That is when the humility and the gospel of Jesus Christ comes alive or not in your life. Matthew 5, 23 to 24 says it. So if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. Go where? First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. See, God doesn't even want our gifts to him. He cares about reconciliation more than anything we can do for him. He wants us to make things right with our brothers and sisters. An individual in the Bible asked Jesus, what's the greatest law of all? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. If I look at the scholarship of this room when it comes to knowing the Bible, what if I could sum up everything into that statement? 
and say that if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and if you love your neighbor as yourself, you've got the gospel. There's nothing more complicated. You don't have to have fancy shoes, even though I love shoes. You don't have to look a certain way. All you've got to do is love God with everything you have and pursue to love your neighbor as yourself. This Christmas, wouldn't it be amazing if you actually shoveled your neighbor's driveway? Wouldn't it be amazing if you actually sent a $10 gift card to the co-worker you don't like? Wouldn't it be amazing if you actually made reconciliation with the brother or sister that you've been fighting with for years? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's easier said than done, isn't it? 1 John 4.20, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a what? For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Romans 12, 19, do not take revenge, my dear friends, Paul's telling the Roman church, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge and I will repay, says the Lord. See, some of us have to realize we gotta let go. Even in the situations that people have really, really wronged us, If you don't let go, you don't have space for God's revenge. You understand what I'm saying? That's what Scripture says. It's not my opinion. If you have situations in your life and you cannot forgive somebody, I prompt you, let it go. Let it go and let God do what only He can do. You are killing yourself holding on to this stuff. Now, I know you guys came on Christmas morning to hear a message about reconciliation. (laughs) But I'm telling you, this Christmas can be different. If we allow the peace of God to wipe the balance by pursuing reconciliation. Just make it zero. It's okay. Your pastor's been hurt by people too. It's okay. Not because I'm making some conscious choice and meditating every day at 6 a.m. It's because I'm letting go. I'm letting God. I want you to do the same. The third thing I want us to do today is to recognize that you cannot reconcile until you've been reconciled. See, some situations cannot be reconciled, right? But you can be reconciled regardless of the situation. Hear what I said? You can't control other people. You can't control an organization. You can't control leaders. You can't control politics. You can't control your neighbor, maybe, your family member, your sister, your friend. You can't control betrayal. But you can control whether you are reconciled or not. Proverbs 16, 6 to 7 says, it's Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, a man avoids evil. 
When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. Psalm 23 says, He will make me lie down in green pastures, even in the presence of my enemies. What an amazing place to rest our head in the peace of God this Christmas. What an amazing opportunity for us to actually hone in and say, wow, it's not that bad that Christmas. I don't know how much toys you have under the tree for your kids or for each other. That's not what matters. That's not what counts. It's who we are that counts. Now I know I'd be in trouble if I didn't have a gift for Aria or Audrey. But it's secondary to the gift I can give them of peace through me. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is not a primary situation. Years ago, I was just coming up in ministry and uh, I had a I had a situation come up. I had a promise. This is years ago, years, years ago. And I had a pastor tell me that he was really, really wanting to pour into my life. And he was going to hire me at the church. And I was just starting off in ministry. I was, I was a little gullible and I was real excited. And, and it was about two weeks before the date that he had given me that uh, I found out that someone else was hired. I was a young man. I was impressionable. You know, I was... And I remember thinking to myself, I'm in the house of God. <laughs> I got lied to by a man of God. How am I supposed to reconcile this, God? I mean, when people are outside and they say crazy things, it's fine. But what, what happens when it's something that actually is something that is from someone who's godly. See, I recognize that godly people can make mistakes too. Because they're not perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. And as I held that pastor on my 18-year-old shoulder while he was crying and apologizing to me, the Holy Spirit said that I'm supposed to stay. And I am supposed to serve the new worship leader. I gotta be honest with you. As an 18 year old young lad, <laughs> it was a journey. See, it never gets easier, does it? See, back then I thought that was it. <laughs> I paid the price. Here I am, Jesus. But life happened. And you can count on people doing things that may be wrong. You can count on people that may be upset you. You can count on leaders. They're not perfect. They can end up doing the wrong thing. But you can rely on Jesus you can live in peace 
you can be in a place where your heart and your life and your motives are pure before the Lord. You can live in a place that's full of joy and this joy drives you not to be better just to be better and to make decisions that are so earthly, but to be more like Jesus. That's what reconciliation is. See, when Jesus came down, and came down in the, in, in the form of a baby, and, and these wise men and, and the shepherds, and they all came, and, and the, there was a star, and people were trying to take him out because they heard of a king coming in. And he lives this pure and holy life of 30 years and gets into the ministry of three and a half years right after that. He pays the price. He did it so we can live a fulfilled life. He didn't live so that we can suffer through life. In other words, life on earth may be chaotic. Life here may be full of things that are not at peace. But Jesus, he came on earth to bring you peace. You understand? I want us to pray. Let's do something different today. Can we just stand up and let's hold hands across this place. And I want you to pray for the peace of God to go to the person standing to your left or to your right. Let's connect. Let's connect to the, to the aisles. And I'm going to pray that God does something supernatural right here, right now, this Christmas and 2018. Are you ready for this new song? Are you ready for this? Come on, let's pray together for the peace of God that passes all understanding. Jesus, I pray right now for every hurt, for everything that's keeping my brothers and sisters away from peace, away from reconciliation, I pray. And I break off everything that's been said or spoken that's against the heavenly things, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that peace would begin to flood hearts and lives, that peace would begin to do what only you can do. So Jesus, would you begin to fix the inside, fix the brokenness, God. Help us to release people that we've held back. Lord, help us to give forgiveness when people have hurt us and we have every reason to hold it against them, God. Help us to give up and give in to you, God. Help us to make room for reconciliation this Christmas. I pray for the thrill of hope to be part of each person's life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God, I pray for New Song Church right now that we will rise up, we will rise up, and we would forgive one another, that we would say, God, that you have something for us, and then we would let go, we would find people, we would hug them, we would let them know, God, that you are loved, that you are forgiven, that there's nothing between us, God. Help us to seek forgiveness. Help us to see that you have a ministry of reconciliation, Lord, for the peace right now for each person, God, that's going through serious things this year, God. Things that people have done. I pray right now that those moments right now would be covered by the blood of Jesus. It would be covered by the blood of Jesus. I speak healing over emotions, healing over bodies right now, 
healing over each person's psyche and mental capacity, healing, flood each person's soul. I pray for bitterness, rage, and anger to leave in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now for unforgiveness and hatred. And God, I pray right now for wrath to disappear, anger to disappear. We make room for you, God. We make room for you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for a Christmas that we can stand up on our two feet and say that, God, this has been a good Christmas. Maybe I I don't have all the stuff that I need for my kids, or maybe I don't have all the fancy things, or maybe I do, God. But this has been a good Christmas because you're doing a work inside of me. You are doing something new inside of me and all of God's people said amen amen let's give a hand clap of praise to Jesus come on let's give him a hand clap of praise to Jesus hallelujah 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 now I'm going to tell you right now what's going to happen the enemy is going to come to you and tell you that's not good enough Enemy is going to say, that wasn't long enough. Enemy is going to tell you, it doesn't cover enough. It doesn't go far back enough. It only goes back 20 years, not 30. You got to deal with 10. And Jesus says, that's a lie. And you tell the enemy, every time he says that to you, you're a liar. Because God's word is pure. It's consistent. It's holy. It's righteous. And I'm sowing seeds of peace this Christmas. Come on, we got to be loving each other. We got hot chocolate ready in a couple minutes. We ought to be drinking some hot chocolate, coffee, water, whatever. Hugging people in the name of Jesus. Forgiving one another. Because look, we're a family. And guess what happens in families? We irritate each other. We yell at each other. Stuff happens. But we have to be the first ones to forgive. We have to be the first ones to say, you know what, I got you this time. Maybe you're having a bad day. I let it go this time. God bless you. We love you. You can do it. God can speak through you. And you can have a different experience. You can have a different experience. Don't go into 2019 without doing this. God can do something unique and special in your life. You know what, right now, why don't you just hug about two or three people around you Hug them, wish them Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, give them a high five. Kiss them on the forehead, on the cheek. You can be seated right after that. You can be seated right after that. You can be seated right after that.
All right, everyone, as we come to a close for this service, um, the whole time that my husband was speaking, by the way, he is not always right, okay? <laughs> I am. Um, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> um, you know, we do have, we have the Prince of Peace with us, and I love that from the beginning of his life to the end of his life, he was peace. And I kept seeing that for everybody. Um, I saw that moment on the cross. Like the, one of the last things he leaves with us is forgive them, Father, because they don't know what they're doing. And if he can say that in the situation that he was in, and if he can say that to God, God just saw his son get killed by the people he made. <laughs> and he said, they don't know what they're doing. And how many times do things happen to us or do we do things to people and we just don't know what we're doing? We really don't, you know? And sometimes there's just little seeds in us that were there from when we were little, growing up, things happened to us, things hurt us, and we just act out of that. And, and we do things that we don't even know, you know? Sometimes it takes a long time. So during Christmas, hold that. Forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And if Jesus says that in that, the condition he was in, <laughs> and his own, his own disciple turned him in, and he ate with this man, you know, um, take that with you and have a wonderful, reconciled Christmas with Amen. friends, with Amen. family. And uh, we are going to dismiss, but we have hot chocolate, we have treats. And my husband, Pastor Clint, would like to meet. If anybody who's new, who's a visitor here, he's going to be at our Connect Center over there. And he has a gift for you. He wants to meet you yeah. before you go. And we got two things. One is um, praise party next Sunday. The guy's going to put a slide behind me. I want to invite you guys out to it. I'm telling you, you want to be worshiping on your way into 2019. Show up next Sunday, 10 a.m. That is our new service time, right? 10 a.m. Invite your friends, family, whoever, and then tomorrow night, 7 p.m. And then January 6th, I am pumped to be starting a new sermon series called The Anchor. You don't want to miss this. I've been praying through this, preparing for it, and would love for you to invite somebody out. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you for being here. Merry Christmas. We're going to have hot chocolate there. The lights are going to turn on. We can hang out, play some Christmas tunes. If you need prayer for anything, a couple of prayer partners will be in the front for you, and we'd love to pray with you. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow night.